Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast. Uh, the only podcast out there that mixes the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips uh, along with the best in alternative music. Uh, it, we put together a playlist for you every week that, of course, you can listen to on Spotify with the musical picks. And hopefully we'll be giving you plenty of winners as well on the PGA Tour. So what an incredible week it was. Uh, we'll be recapping, um, well, so much to talk about. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, another fabulous guest who will be joining me in a second. But first of all, a favour to ask, um, if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, please do go on to Apple, give us a five-star rating. Um, obviously, a review would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's... Um, obviously really helps to grow the pod so uh please do you know go on and um yeah give us a review so um yeah my name is martin matthews of course uh you can find me at sundog monkey on twitter uh and you can find the pod at the golf alternative pod on twitter so as i say we had a well we had a fantastic week last week all kinds of things going on and i think before i even begin to get my head around it and start to uh review last week's um, happening, shall we say, in the world of golf. I'm going to uh, bring this week's guest in and I'm delighted to say it's a welcome back. Uh, he was last with us for the Masters. It's a welcome back to uh, my friend from across the pond, um, host of Tapping Birdie Pod, Brian Kirshner. Um, Brian, uh, good morning, I believe it is for you, early morning there. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how, how are you keeping? Mate, it's going to be an absolutely cracking pod today. Could not be more excited to be up early to talk some U.S. Open with you, Martin. Big fan of your pod. Big fan of the concept. Big fan of the music. You know, this is an excellent event. This is a really great time in golf right now. So I'm really glad we're able to chat this morning. Thank you, thank you. And I must say, I'm hugely impressed with your music taste. You've picked some absolute uh, absolute crackers, to coin your phrase, uh, uh, some absolute belters you got this week. So look, looking forward to uh, uh, having, having those uh, tunes on the playlist. But uh, before we talk, because of course it is US Open week, but before we talk US Open, um, of course we need to re recap back as to what's happened last week. And um, I'll, um, I, I guess we'll start... Uh, with the uh, the controversial one, it was the uh, Maiden uh, Live Golf event over in uh, what what they tried to bill as London, but um, to give you a little bit of UK geography or England geography, Brian, because I appreciate you probably don't know it so well. It was in a place called Hemel Hempstead, which is uh, in a county called Hertfordshire, and it, it is no more London than it is to say that um, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, let me think about this. Uh, that um, uh, Tampa is in Orlando or something. So uh, uh, yeah. So, but uh, aside the bad geography from Live Golf, um, what did you think of it? Did you watch any of it? Um, I mean, not really chatted about it. What, what's your overall view on the concept? Uh, how, how was it for you, as the phrase goes? Yeah. So, so here's the thing about Live for me. You know, every single week, me and you, Martin, were betting on the PGA Tour. We're betting outrights on the PGA Tour. We're trying to get the best number. We're trying to get the best value. In my opinion, this live stuff, it's only making our job worse and harder because the more people that go over, just the worse numbers we're going to have. And it's upsetting because, you know, this is what we do. This is our hobby. So yeah, I I'm not in support of it because it kind of hurts what we do. But you know, I think the thing that's coming out and I think the thing that's being easier to realize is that 
basically the field and everyone that went over is all the people that went over for the February Saudi mm. Invitational. There's been no real surprises. The only person that hasn't gone over to my, you know, off the top of the head knowledge would be Xander, but everyone else, I think we could have seen this coming um, from that event that was held um, in February. Um, but, you know, in terms of the actual golf, I mean, you know, just compare it with, you know, the Sunday we had on the PGA Tour at the RBC. I mean, it's just there's no substance there. Yeah. It's just, you know, someone winning and they're winning a bunch of money. But there's nothing that, you know, we don't really care yeah. um, about it. So, you know, I think Rory winning was great for the tour. I think the U.S. Open is great for the tour. So I hope that no one else goes over and we don't get that worse odds. So that is my selfish American self-interested view of the situation as always. Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying about the betting point of view. I mean, did you actually watch any of it? Did, did you tune in at all or did it just pass you by? I, I tuned in for about 10 minutes on Thursday. Didn't really give it that much thought. Honestly, I was swamped at work, so I didn't really yeah. have that much time to to check it out. But I, I don't think I'll be be tuning in much to the event. No, it's, I mean, you, you hit nail on the head. I mean, obviously, you totally get your point from the betting angle. But, but I mean, from the point of view of um, just the concept and the substance, the, the history, if you, if you like, there's no, you know, I don't care. And I said this on Twitter and probably on last week's pod and what have you. I don't care if Charles Schwartz won $1 million, $2 million, $4 million or $8 million. You know, the, the amount of money means nothing to me. Um, uh, and, um, uh, you, you know, it's all about the history of the competition. Um, I mean, I didn't, um, I didn't watch it. So I haven't really got my head around the uh, team concept, but, from world counts it was it was very muddled um i'm not convinced a shotgun start would work longer term um and um yeah it, it just um it, it just sort of falls flat with me basically i mean obviously you know let's not even get to where the money's coming from and all that side of thing but uh, there's no business model there it's just let's chuck a bunch of money at people you know 10 million to pat perez and uh, 100 million to bryson or 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 whatever and, and i assume some of the guys who were making up the numbers will get bumped off the other end of the field but um um yeah it, it, it's not for me um you, you know I, I mean next it goes to portland doesn't it and um i've no idea what course it's on there and you know there's no there's no history to it you know winning live series event number two or number three or or, or whatever it means nothing and um yeah so it, it's it, it's not for me but uh there you go but um i'm sure what 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 was for me and i'm sure was for you was the final round of uh uh, the Canadian Open. Um, did you have any joy there, betting wise, or were you just sort of in, enjoying the show between um, um, JT, Rory, and uh, uh, Big Tony? No, I, honestly, I, I kept it light last week on purpose in preparation for the US Open this week. So I just had a few outrights. I had Keith Mitchell. Um, so he, he put together a nice Sunday, but it wasn't even close to um, the top, you know, when someone like Rory wins 10 to 1 top of the board, you know, hard to back, hard to get on because, you know, golf betting is so great because of the big return. So you got to front a lot of 
money there, but it was great to see, um, you know, that final group, Tony, JT, and Rory battling out just a bunch of birdies. Justin Rose shoots a 60. Jay Monahan on the broadcast. Rory with the zinger after. Like, yeah. it was just everything you could want from a PGA Tour event. And yeah. it was it was really great um, to watch, to check out. And uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure to see. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. And, and of course, um, it was, I mean, the final, uh, uh, I mean, even with the weather sort of creating a, a three ball, if you like. So JT got in there alongside Rory. Um, the golfing god seemed to be smiling on Jay Monaghan and the PGA Tour yesterday. And uh, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's what it's all about for me. And, and while obviously the likes of Rory and JT stayed loyal to the PGA Tour, which uh, looks very much to be the, be the case. And, and, you know, your sort of Hovlands and Morikawas, et cetera, do, do as well. Then you know that's going to be the obviously the the place where all all the best golf is at, and um, yeah, it, it was a joy to watch, and I was delighted to see Rory get back in in the winners' enclosure. Um, I like you didn't have money on. I, well, I, I did put up Rory McIlroy on my Sunday column for Sporting Life yesterday, so I was uh, happy to see him get get that um, victory for the readers, but. Um, uh, so I won a few quid there as well, uh, but um, uh, he wasn't in my main team. My main team got fairly decimated at the beginning of the week with uh, a couple of withdrawals from Reed and CT Pan, and I actually added in after he qualified for the US Open. I added in Danny Lee uh, at two hundred and fifty to one, uh, eight places each way. Uh, I could have taken one hundred and fifty to one for twelve places each way, but I put him up at two hundred and fifty to one, eight places each way, uh, and of course he finished tenth, <laughs> missing a putt of 13 foot on the last to birdie and finish eighth basically so um but um i know quite a few readers did actually go for the 10 or 12 places so that brought some people a nice return so that was my frustrating and end, end, end to the week so um uh what about uh on the dp world tour did you catch any of um uh maybe not watched it but saw obviously what happened there and i um, mean talk of growing the game the, the win there for lynn grant would grow grow the game any more than way more than anything that happened over in england did you did you pick up on that story and, and the win there on, for, for, on the uh, DP World Tour? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Lynn would have won from the men's team. It yeah. seemed, I mean, she was just dialed all week. Really, a really impressive um, performance there. But that, that was great to see. You know, I think the PGA Tour could incorporate more women into the game. So yeah. to see the DP World Tour do that in their mixed Scandinavian Open event, I thought that was really great to see. But Really just a, a great performance by her, and it, it was very impressive. Yeah, it was fantastic to watch. To watch. I mean, I saw the, the end of it, and I mean, she seemed so, uh, so in, in just sort of calm and in, obviously she had an eight-shot lead by then or something. But um, yeah, it was um, it was superb, and, and as I say, that will have grown the game way more than any uh, ten million dollar checks for Pat Perez will. So there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, let's look forward. Uh, that's enough recapping from from last week, and let's look forward. And um, it, it, of course, is is U.S. Open week. I guess the biggest week. Um, uh, just as the Open, uh, which is coming up in a few weeks' time, of course, is the biggest week for us over here. I'm guessing this is the biggest week for you over there. And um, uh, we're over at um, the Country Club at Brookline uh, up in the northeast. 
um, about, uh, I think it's about five miles, is it, southwest of central Boston, something like that? Am I, am I right in saying that, Brian? Um, yeah, I, I believe so, right? Nice yeah. suburb of the city of Boston. Yeah. Um, and um, it's a course that initially opened in 1895, uh, but um, uh, has had the um, now obligatory um, do-over from Gil Hans um, uh, in 2009 and a little bit onwards since. Um, as, as close followers of the tour will know, Gil Hans has had his um, hands on winged foot where the 2020 US Open was, um, various other courses in the Northeast that have hosted playoff events, Ronamink, Plainfield, Ridgewood. Uh, he also was the original designer of TPC Boston, which is um, pretty pretty nearby and uh, obviously was ripped apart by DJ a few years back. Don't, don't expect anything like that this week. Um, and um, it's a past 70, measuring just over 7,250 yards, uh, bent grass greens. Uh, not been seen in a major championship since 1988, um, when Curtis Strange won, uh, I think, the second of his back-to-back -back US Opens here, beating Faldo in a playoff. Uh, first seen in 1913. Have you, have you ever seen the film, by the way, about the France's win in the US Open? Oh, God, I've forgotten what it's called now. Have you ever seen um, The Greatest Game or something like that? Have you ever yeah, seen I think it? it's like The Greatest Game Ever Played. <laughs> yes, I, I've seen the movie. It's very good. Good golf yeah. movie. I'm yeah. sure we're going to be hearing We Met so many times <laughs> this week is just going to be the, uh, the kind of talking point, the factoid. Um, of the week, so I'm glad he's getting his shine. Uh, yeah, and, and the other name we might hear a fair amount this week, although I don't think either of us have tipped him, uh, is Matt Fitzpat Matthew Fitzpatrick, because um, he won the US Amateur here in 2013, which was um, the last time a sort of significant men's event was was played here. Um, the course, actually, it's a sort of composite routing, four holes, I think, taken from the neighbouring primrose course that they sort of put together to make the what they call i guess the championship course uh for the us open uh there's a hole in there the i think it's the 11th which is a par three measuring measuring 130 yards which was last seen in the days of france's we met uh, back in 1913 not been used um used since then so so it's all suddenly going to be a little bit new even to the likes of um, matt fitzpatrick and, and the others who featured in that amateur event um back in 2013 uh, a typical, are you expecting a typical US Open test? Um, thick, thick rough, small greens, um, stray off the rough. I expect we'll see the, the balls dropping in the thick rough pitches on Twitter over the next day or two. Is, is that what you're, you're expecting? I think it's going to be an extremely difficult test. I think, you know, th there's a very good chance that this is going to be the hardest US Open that we've seen since Shinnecock. Um, just yeah. a few years ago when Brooks Kepka won at one over. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, these green complexes are extremely small, around 4,000 square feet on average, six smallest on tour. So, you know, you know, we don't usually see that in a U.S. Open type venue other than a event like Pebble where the weather didn't really yeah. cooperate and the winning score got up there. So I think when you mix the length of this course, the tight fairways of this course, and the undulation and size of these greens. I mean, this is going to be an extremely difficult test. I think that minus two, minus, I think anywhere from plus one to minus three can win this tournament. So I think it's going to be an amazing test this week. And I mean, I, I just don't think you'll be able to, uh, 
to fake it around here, and it should be an extremely enjoyable viewing experience this week. Yeah, I mean, pro- probably sacrilege for someone um, over this side of the pond to say so, but the US Open is probably my favourite event of the year when it is a traditional US Open type track. You know, I'm not so much talking about the Erin Hills of this world, but um, uh, so I'm really looking forward, like you say, to a sort of, um, y- you know, a good US grind where a US Open grind where pass your friend. Um, and uh, hopefully the weather will cooperate. I actually had because the, the forecast seems to have shifted slightly to so the possibility of some rain or storms on um, uh, Friday and Saturday, possibly. So, uh, but uh, whereas it was um, when I looked at it sort of yesterday, it was showing all dry for the week beyond a bit of rain maybe today so so hopefully we don't get that hopefully um, it stays dry and they can get the course firm and fast as, as they um sure would want it um and um yeah like you say a typical uh, uh typical us open test plenty plenty of um blind tee shots uh which um, is going to lead me to my first song for the week. And um, I'm going to ask you a question, Brian, which I would be absolutely flabbergasted and um, amazed if the answer was yes and hugely impressed. But uh, are you um, are you familiar with the genre shoegaze at all? I, I can't say that I am. <laughs> There's hope. I'd be, I've got, oh, you'd have been, um, uh, you'd have gone up even higher in my estimations if it had been a yes. But um, um, so uh, my first song is a song by a band called Ride. Uh, the song is called Drive Blind. Uh, Ride are still going to this very, very day. And um, uh, they um, they had a bit of a hiatus and reformed about five years ago. But they were one of the leaders in the sort of um, uh, early 90s of, of what, what became known by the music press as shoegaze music. And it was very much because um, they felt the guitarists couldn't really play properly. And they would therefore stand staring at their pedals and their hands, um, you know, to where their fingers were going and therefore were staring down at their shoes. So it was... Um, labeled shoegaze but um uh it um it was actually a hugely popular scene in in the uk in in that uh period and, and riot actually became a reasonably big band in the states as well I've, I've certainly you know toured over there many times uh so my first song is a song by ride called drive blind in honor for all the blind tee shots the players will potentially have to uh tackle this week um and um yeah it's uh i think it's from um I think might be 1989, 1990, their Smile EP, one of their first uh, uh, EPs when they were just getting going. But um, it is um, uh, a great tune, and that's the first tune you've been here on the pod this week. So, um, yeah, um, a bit of history of the US Open. And um, we, I mean, of course, because we dot around different courses every year, you can't really look at it like you would do Augusta or, you know, if you've just on Lynx course like you are at the British every year. Um, but um, certainly um, big hitting uh, off the tee has been very much the key to it uh, over recent years with Ram, DeChambeau, Woodland, uh, Kepka twice and DJ winning the last six editions. Uh, I don't think there's anyone there who probably wasn't in the top 20 in the driving distance uh, the, year, the year they won. Um, and um, recent form is also key as well. Uh, as I'm sure you probably noticed, Brian, um, that the form of uh, uh, all of the recent winners has been great coming in. I mean, Ram obviously was six shots clear at the Memorial in his previous start before it's just, uh, you know, um, having to WD with the COVID last time round. Uh, Gary Woodland had been eighth at the PGA. Um, uh, 
if you look further back, Kepka had been in fine form um, coming into both of his wins. Uh, McDowell had won recently, or I think his previous start uh, on the um, European Tour before he won uh, over at Pebble. Uh, going right back to Webb Simpson, he'd been in good form. He'd had a top five at the Wells Fargo couple of weeks previous so um is is current form something you're very much looking at uh, coming into this week uh, brian a- absolutely um you know some people i follow on twitter um have posted some some great stats got to be putting above your baseline average this week a bunch of the past winners have been able to show that they can put above their baseline in the recent weeks Obviously, I would love a top five or so in an event, you know, in the past month or so. Good results in the majors this year so far. And then I I would definitely think it's important to have a good result since the PGA Championship. I know it didn't seem that long ago, but, you know, someone like a Cam Young had that top five finish at yeah. the PGA, but did not have a good finish since, you know, might be off on that. But like you brought up before, like looking at the past winners of this event, it's just kind of hard to overlook the fact that you have to be an elite driver of the ball. DJ Brooks, Rom, Gary Woodland, like their defining features are being an elite long driver mm-hmm. of the ball. So, you know, it's just hard to kind of overlook that because the, you know, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is where those winners have come from. So for a U.S. Open, it's just like, I just, I, I don't see a world in which an elite driver of the ball doesn't get it done. You know, I think that kind of throws out a Cam Smith, a Jordan Spieth this week, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%. I think we're looking for uh, um, strokes gains off the tee is a, a key stat this week. I think um, certainly so. Uh, and uh, I mean, we we're talking about the recent form. But the last three winners had all had a top ten in the um, in the PGA Championship, the previous major as well. So um, I think, as always, you know, good eye catching form in in your previous majors um, is is certainly something to uh, be looking for. Um, so um, the betting market, I'm assuming it's pretty similar um, uh, stateside as it is over over here. Uh, Rory now actually is, um, uh, as, as we speak, um, and it's, it's um, Monday lunchtime UK, early morning US. Uh, Rory is um, uh, favourite now. Um, you can just get 12 to 1, but it's mostly 11, 10, even 9 to 1 on, on, on Rory now. He's just followed by JT. Um, and then we've got Scotty Scheffler, Ram. Um, before we go down to the sort of 20s plus of Cam Smith, Cantley, uh, perennial US Open man, Xander. Um, and I believe, um, we'll, we'll start the picks off and we'll go with one of one of yours first off the bat. And, um, I believe you're looking at uh, the man of the season to start things off uh, for you. Yes, absolutely. I'm going with Scotty Scheffler here. I think that he gets his second major of the season this week. I'm really uh, intrigued by the price. I really like the fact that I can get a 14 to 1 on him. I think there's a little bit of value there. But when you look at his season, obviously everyone knows he's had an unbelievable season. But he's been in it every single week he's played other other than the players and the PGA Championship where he just kind of got screwed with the weather in both 
um, instances. But, you know, Scotty obviously is an elite driver um, of the ball. Gained 4.1, 2.4 strokes off the tee in his last two starts. And, you know, I think the U.S. Open is going to be a place where Scotty Scheffler is going to contend for years to come. You look at his major resume already. You look at his driving and his length and his accuracy off the tee. You look at his results in difficult scoring conditions. Like, he is going to win a U.S. Open within the next five years. I think it could start this week. Throw a little, you know, pass in there. He was, I think, got it to the quarterfinals at the USM in 2014, the year Matt Fitzpatrick won. So he has the experience on the course. T18 last week, second place finish at Charles Schwab. So that fits the trend of a good result in um, a recent major. You know, there's a lot of trends articles out there. The only trend he doesn't hit, which all 10 winners have um, done in before their U.S. Open, is a made cut at the previous major. He obviously has a miscut there, but yeah. I think it's quick to discount that one. But he fits every single trend other than that one. So Scotty will be my pick at the top. And I believe you've got a song to uh, start things off. Yeah, so it's it's 505 by the Arctic Monkeys. You know, the line is I'm going back to 505 and he gives all these reasons. I'm going back to Scotty. I was on him early um in the year, so I- I'm going back to him. I think I could be on him for his fifth win of the season to uh undeniably make him the best golfer in the world. Well, a great tune um for a very solid pick and uh, I-, I mean it's, you know, we don't need to say you, you can make strong cases for all of these guys at the very top of the market. And, uh, uh, of course, Rory coming off the back of, um, uh, the, you know, the Canada win very, very much so. But um, I'm going to go for the guy who's in between Scotty and Rory uh, in the betting. Um, I'm going to go for uh, JT, Justin Thomas, to start things off for me this week. Uh, and... Um, you know, at first glance, you might sort of think, uh, well, obviously, having just won the last major going back to back isn't necessarily uh, um, something you'd want to jump on him to do. But um, he has um, obviously a history of uh, uh, winning in bunches, as a lot of the top uh, elite places players do. And of course, majors over the years have a history of the loss to that Tiger, plenty of other players uh, who have sort of, you know, picked up a couple of majors in quick succession. Uh, Podrick Harrington springs to mind, you know, Marco Mira, if we go back a bit further so um it's certainly not uh, not unprecedented and um uh, i suspect um jt will have been having a good chat with the man who's not here this week tiger woods who will have been giving him sort of tips on how to sort of reset and go again on on the next major and, and what have you and i expect him to um y- you know i take obviously the win for the pga is a huge positive with the confidence now that he's got the second major under his belt uh and the long game, of course, is exactly what we're looking for. Um, you know, we've been talking about that a lot already, of course, the, the long game that um, seems to get the job done at US Opens and should be very much the key again this week. Uh, we only need to look at his Canada uh, stats. Um, first off the tee, uh, fourth in approach play, second from tee to green for the week. Um, pretty much a, a mirror um, of where he is on the season. You know, he's obviously in the top 10 in approach and tee to green. Um, he's 13 in driving distance so he's got the length that all the recent US Open winners have tended to have um, 
And I do think Bones could be a big, um, uh, you know, a, a big asset this week. He was obviously a huge asset um, in keeping him sort of, you know, focused at um, Southern Hills when um, uh, he had uh, not such a good Saturday and he, he managed to sort of get him to reset and come out and do what was needed on the Sunday. Uh, and I think at a course like Brookline, again, we've been talking about what we expect from the course from a point of view of a lot of, a lot of, blind tee shots and strategy needed and and, and bones you know obviously with his his experience um should very much be able to sort of um you know plot the way around the course for them and, and do uh do all that's needed so I, I can't really find any holes in jt this week um and um yeah i mean obviously you, you pay your money you take your chance at the top of the market there but i wanted to obviously have one of those those guys from the very top on side and um i just felt uh, uh jt jt was my man was the uh, uh, i mean stupid question to ask if he's on your radar because of course he's on your radar but were you uh, uh close to um uh rolling the dice with him money wise D definitely i mean you look at that off the tee performance last week led the field and Shoshkane off the tee i mean can you have a better sign going into the u.s open i don't really think so and you know i think he's the cal i think he is an elite player enough where he can have maybe a brooks season i mean brooks did it in back-to-back -back years i yeah. believe winning the u.s open um, and the PGA. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Martin, I don't want to hijack the pod, but we have to talk about Rory McIlroy. And I want to get an Englishman's perspective on it because I don't think any discussion of the U.S. Open is complete without talking totally. about the elephant in the room, Rory totally. McIlroy. Okay. So can he win? Of course he can win. Um, would I be surprised if he won? Of course I wouldn't be surprised if he won. But I just, I mean, there's not room. Well, I suppose there is if you were literally just backing the two players, but there's not really room to have Rory and JT on, on your team. And I guess there's a couple of things that slightly put me off Rory for this week. Um, on the fact that his numbers are a couple of points shorter than JT, purely on the fact that he edged him in Canada, basically, um, is, um, he still showed the vulnerability down the stretch yesterday. Now, I know he won, and obviously JT shows the vulnerability, but he had it, didn't he, in his grasp, basically. And, and then suddenly um, he, he started to make some mistakes. Um, uh, you know, he missed a couple of short putts. Uh, he did great to get up and down on 14, but then he missed a short birdie putt on 15. So um, obviously 17 was the difference, but he, he certainly looked edgy. Um, we have to factor in that the pressure cooker builds every time he doesn't win a major because he's that talented and he's always up there that there's always more questions so you, you know there'll be a lot more pressure than him than the, on him than there is on on the likes of JT or, or Scheffler um and um then you've got um I mean obviously there's a lot of you know conversation about whether Harry Diamond's, you know, the man for him from an experience point of view on the bag. And, and I'm not saying he's not the right fit for Rory, but he's going to be jetting in on the back. I'm assuming he's coming in on the back of his, um, uh, he, he was, um, him and his wife were expecting a child, I believe this, this week just gone. So, uh, you, you know, how, sort of focused and ready to go is he he gonna be and um you know as obviously i touched on bones so you, you know that could just be the difference between bones and harry diamond and that's no disrespect to harry diamond but um um so you know when you're back in at 10 12 to 1 or 9 to 1 you want everything to be 100 percent right and i guess my perspective is that um he 
you know, he, of course he's going to win another major, but I would rather wait to watch it happen than um, uh, be chancing him over and over again because I have chanced him a few times in the last couple of years. And, and you, you know, he just doesn't seem to be able to string the four rounds together. And, and the win in Canada doesn't convince me that he's going to string the four rounds together this week. Absolutely cracking response there. I, I love it. Obviously, as an Englishman, you are going to have your full thoughts on Rory. But yeah, I, I'm with you full lockstep. My thing about Rory this week is that no one's gone broke, you know, not betting Rory at the majors for the last eight years. So now he's coming in with one of the most pressures he's ever had going into the major with the win last week, being the poster boy for the PGA tour, you know, yeah. being lockstep with Jay Monahan. He is the biggest storyline this week. So if he's shown the ability to not get it done in majors for the past eight years, he's really going to figure it out the week where the most pressure's on him, and he's just yeah. off the back of a really great performance. And, you know, obviously this didn't happen yet, but I think that these two weeks would perfectly exemplify Rory McIlroy's career. Mm -hmm. um, a win, a dominant win at the RBC Canadian Open the week before major, and then another close call at a course and an event. That's perfect for him. I think that's the perfect exemplification of his career post, you know, in the past mm -hmm. eight years. So, I, and then again, with the short price, I'm with you. He hasn't figured it out the past eight years. I don't know why this would be the week for that. Yeah, I mean, he has won, you know, he's won a major after, I think he was the last person to win a major uh, after um, uh, winning the week before. So he's obviously got um, precedent in doing that. Uh, equally hacked up in Canada in 2019 with a 61 on a Sunday. And, um, and then um, obviously... Uh, uh, you know, wasn't able to um, produce what was needed at Pebble the week afterwards. Now, granted, Pebble isn't necessarily his type of track, but um, um, yeah, so I just, um, you know, um, as I say, it was a, uh, you know, a sort of thin um, thin knife edge, if you like, to, to go with, with, with JT. But um, Rory, I just feel that, um, uh, you know, I expect, of course, I expect him to be in the hunt, um, but uh, I would have a little bit more confidence in, in JT based on the fact that obviously he's got the recent win. So, um, but um, yeah, so going on down the list and uh, I believe um, we're sort of pretty much, um, yeah, you're sa saving some of my work for me this week, Brian, because I'm going to let you talk about uh, the next player who um, who we've both um, got on side. And, um, yeah, so I believe we're, we're both looking at uh, big, the big Z, Willie Z, this week. Martin, Zalatoris is winning the U.S. Open. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that Zalatoris is going to get it done this week he's your winner you know it's it's not even really a question for me at this point again we're talking about elite drivers of the ball Zalatoris you know he's top 10 in driving distance on the PGA Tour so he has that angle you're going to have so many long irons on this course there are some absolute there's a lot of par fours reaching that five 
hundred number. I absolutely love Zalatoris with a six iron or a five iron in his hand. I think that's where you know he really shines. Like I think legitimately top five on tour in greens and regulation percentage um you know the ball striking it's always there second and strokes gain ball striking over the past 50 rounds fourth and strokes gain t to green you know he is just such an elite player and he always shows up for the big events he fits every single trend other than um a made cut at last year's u.s open you know that's fine i'm okay with that um, you know, something that Dave Tindall pointed out that I really like is that, you know, I think seven out of the past 10 U.S. Open winners had not won a major yet. So this is a major that, um, you know, people get their breakthrough major in. And yeah, yeah. he is certainly going to, I think, this week, top 30 in OWGR, top 12. Top 25 at a previous U.S. Open he has. That was T11 at Wingfoot, another East Coast um, kind of brute course. And in my opinion, he has the best, other than JT, I would say him and JT have the best major results this season. T6 at the Masters, obviously second, solo second at um, at the PGA. And then my song for it is Someday by The Strokes. I love The Strokes. They're an East Coast band. Someday, obviously, Zalatoris is going to break through and win on the PGA Tour. And it's going to be at a major. And it's going to be at the U.S. Open at Brookline. Zalatoris is your winner this week. Well, I'm not going to argue with anything you said. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say he's 100% the winner because I've got JT there, but uh, I'm very, very keen on him. And, uh, uh, of course, um, at the price, you can take the each way, which is what I've done with JT. I'm going win only. But uh, uh, with Willie Z, um, we got... Um, uh, 28, well, 28 to 1 for eight places. Uh, um, in fact, uh, no, is it drifting out? Because some of the prices have been pushed out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, 28 to 1 for eight places we're looking at is the best uh, best odds at the moment. You can get 30 to 1 for five places each way. So, uh, but, um, yeah, I'm 100% with you on everything you said there. I mean, I got my fingers burnt on him at the Byron Nelson. Uh, on a course, he uh, was in his backyard and knew and loved and said was one of his favourites. And then he missed the cut because he putted um, like an absolute drain. And then, of course, came out uh, the following week at the PGA. And uh, uh, his, his putter held up tremendously. So uh, um, the putter is, of course, the one slight concern. But... Um, I guess at the bar in Nelson, you needed to go low. Uh, here, of course, pars your friends. So um, on, on greens that, uh, uh, you know, everyone's going to find tricky. Hopefully that'll be a bit of a level up. So um, he just needs to hold his hold his share, which he seems to manage to do at the major championship. So I'm with you and I'm with you on the strokes. I'm a big strokes fan as well. So um, uh, a cracking selection, Brian, if I may say so. So, um, yeah. Um, I'm going to let you roll on to your next pick as well, because you've gone with a man who I've... Um, for better or for worse, I've deserted this time around. And, um, uh, yeah, you're hoping that the, the Irish eyes will be smiling up in Boston, I believe. Absolutely. You know, you know, Boston is basically Ireland for as far as I'm concerned. So, Lowry, I, I think that 
he has just played too good of golf this season to not get a win. I am a firm believer that the RBC Heritage was probably his best case, best shot to win a, an event this year. He obviously fell short there in heartbreaking fashion um, for me. But I, I'm really I, – I was happy to, to kind of hop off um, – Lowry this week, but I just looked at the strokes gain numbers from last week. He finally had that um, great round on approach gain, 5.3 on approach, 3.6 off the tee, kind of having two down weeks. Um, so I, I was really impressed by his performance. Also gained three around the green. So, you know, I really liked their performance last week. And then before that, he had the three top three finishes, excellent finish at the Masters. You know, he's someone, he's had the success at U.S. Opens. And he, I think, has the longest active made cut streak in majors on tour. So obviously someone that thrives in difficult conditions. I love him with the each way. I think he finds himself within the top six this week. Um, But yeah, he's had an absolutely phenomenal season. And I think this could be the week that he can get it done. And, you know, we're always trying to hit the winner, everything. But I, I really think that an each way is perfect for Lowry this week. I, I really think he finds himself at the top of the leaderboard. He's just been so great in every facet um, of the game and obviously has that that uh, history contending um, in the U.S. Open at Oakmont when uh, DJ was going to win. So yeah. well, uh, last I actually, time... I was actually on him that week. I backed him at three-figure odds. So, um, yeah. so how, I mean... That how long have you been betting on golf? That is extremely impressive to me. That was a while ago. L- Lowry was actually like three, three, like three. Uh, how much? What were his odds that week? I mean, he was uh, got. He was. I think he was possibly one hundred and fifty. Certainly a three figure, three figure price. But uh, okay, how long have I been betting on golf? Um, uh, well, let's put it like this. Um, I um, remember. Being on, um, well, I was on um, Stephen Ames when I went to Sawgrass in 2004, uh, and he won 125 to one at the Players Championship. So um, that's uh, that's what 18 years ago. Uh, and um, uh, I was on um, going back prior to that. Uh, I was on. I was talking with um, Niall about it. I think Niall Lyons a few weeks ago uh, when we both backed um, Jose Maria Lathabel when he won the Masters in the late. Uh, uh, you know, in the nineties or, or what have you. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, so going going back, um, um, pro- pro- probably around when you were born, Brian, when I started doing this. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, it's been it's been it's been a while. So, um, yeah. But I didn't. I mean, I started. I sh- what I should say is, I started taking it more seriously from the point of view of um, obviously really studying the stats and what have you um, probably around uh, around the time we backed um, you know Stephen Ames um, at uh, Sawgrass and um, you know really starting to delve into it and uh, obviously I started my blog um, in um, I think 2017 so that's been going five years now so yeah so 
Um, but uh, been been a while, and I remember Shane at three figures. Unfortunately, I didn't didn't have him at Port Rush though. He's someone I struggled to um, get right. Unfortunately, so it may well that may well be good for you this week that uh, I'm not on him. So, uh, so did uh, you have the each way at Oakmont? Uh, I did have the each way at Oakmont. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, but um, uh, so so all, all wasn't all wasn't lost. But uh, I'm a bit concerned about your song choice for him though. Is is it a reference to me not being on? board this week i hope it's not a reference to uh to shane in any way shape or form or uh, no no the dumb is i'm dumb i I am the dumb one because i just keep consistently betting this guy after he has just ripped my heart out on (laughs) two different occasions so i'm dumb for going back to him but again in the song it says maybe i'm i'm just happy like i'm just happy whatever bet the guys that have been playing well um this week so yeah well we'll go with larry there for a nice punt yeah and uh, are you a big grunge man because it's nirvana this track isn't it are you is is uh were you you sort of into that grunge scene um do you like all that stuff <laughs> i or? can't say that but i do like nirvana and i think that um you know when we made our playlist for the masters and then bloom came on i was like this is an absolutely smashing yeah. tune as uh as we like to say so you, your uh, your selection of Nirvana from last time around kind of inspired this, uh, this pick inspired a little bit. Right. Cool. Well, um, I'm, I'm a Nirvana fan as well, so uh, it, it's a great choice. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm letting you do all my work for me this week, uh, Brian, because it's just as well, because you're probably uh, uh, more, more prepped with the stats and what have you than I am in, in front of you. But uh, our next pick is, again, another player we're both on. And I promise, listeners, we didn't collude beforehand on this. Um, and um, yeah, so, uh, but uh, obviously a case of great minds, hopefully anyway. So uh, t- tell us about the next man that we're both, um, we're both signing with this week, uh, Brian. So is, is that how uh, Stevie Bamford says it? Joaquin Neiman, uh, Stevie. Yeah. Yeah. Stevie, obviously an all-time legend um, in the industry, someone that uh, everyone should, should check out always. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go with Joachim Neiman here. I think we can get him 40 to one over here in, uh, the States again, say it again, love it with the each way. I think he finds himself at the top of the leaderboard. And I think this is a scenario where he just simply checks too many boxes to be ignored. So obviously first thing we're both looking for elite driver of the ball long and straight off the tee. So he's got that checked out. Um, Someone I follow ramble golf. He put out 10 of the last 10 U S open winners fist this trend. And Neiman is actually one of them. There's only four people that fit every trend. So top 30 in the OWGR top 25 at the U S open made the cut at the last U S open and most recent major has played between one and eight U S opens and has won less than two majors and has a top five finisher already. He checks every single one of those boxes. My only concern is with the fact that his major results just have not been unbelievable. So that does cause for a little bit of a concern, but I think he's too talented of a golfer to not um, have these results. I really like the fact that he has that third place finish at the Memorial just two weeks ago, gained 8.7 strokes from T to green, losing 2.3 around the green. And that was his first time he lost strokes around the green in about, you know, 10 starts. So 
I don't think that's too much of a concern, but again, we're talking about each ways. Obviously, we want to find the winner. I know Zalatoris is winning, but yeah, Joaquin Neiman fits every single trend this week, and um, a lot of U.S. Open winners have shown to be in their 20s. Um, he's pretty young. That is why I chose When We Were Young by The Killers. Just a really great tune. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, he, I should have looked this up. I think he's 23 or 24. He's 23. He's 23. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he is just extremely young compared to the average age on the PGA Tour. He's shown that he can win big events, win winning the Genesis, mm -hmm. um, you know, just a few months ago. So. Joaquin Neiman, I think, is someone that is is definitely due for that breakout major performance. Maybe he gets his heart ripped out like a Zalatoris or or uh, or Mito uh, last time around. But yeah, I, I think he'll be in it this week with just how elite of a driver he is and just how good he's hitting the ball right now. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously concur with everything you've said there. Hence, um, I'm on him. Um, I mean, on the Mito thing, uh, obviously part of my angle to expand it a bit further was I thought um he certainly might take some inspiration from that performance obviously taking a view that if uh if if Mito can come so close uh he he can um was that in your thinking as well that that might inspire him a little bit yeah I, I think that you know I think that definitely plays a role in um in him obviously everyone wants to win a major but I just think seeing his best friend um, you know, lead the tournament for that long and, and come up short. I think he, you know, probably believes more in himself that he can do it. But that that ball striking performance uh, is just was unbelievable at um, the Memorial, just putting yeah. up some absolutely incredible numbers. So I, I, I just think, again, like, I just think he's too talented to not – yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you, you know, one of my bugbears over the last couple of years, and, and I understand it because he didn't go to college in the States, was that he was never in the sort of Hovland, Wolf, Morikawa conversation. Um, now, I understand, obviously, Morikawa's separated himself now, um, you know, from, from those guys, obviously, with his two major wins. But uh, uh, Neiman's obviously, uh, well, I think he's younger than um, Hovland and um, Morikawa, maybe comparable age to, to Wolf or fraction older than Wolf. Um, but, um, He's just as talented in my view, and and um, you, you know I, I can see him um, certainly. Uh, well, I'd be. I mean, I know majors are hard to win, and not every not everyone's going to get one. But um, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't. Um, you know, have a uh, have some in his career before it's all over. So uh, yeah, and and um, if you're young enough, uh, or if you if you're good enough, you're old enough as it goes. So uh, uh, I'm. Um, you know, the fact he's only 23, uh, he's fearless when he's on. And um, like all the top players, he's, uh, um, uh, yeah, when it clicks, it really does click like it did at Riviera. And as you say, that I like the fact the Memorial start came up in his first start after, again, what Mito did at Southern Hills. So I'm hoping that sort of, you know, again, was part of that inspiration to kick him on again, uh, uh, you know, to contend to win again this this season so uh so i'm with you there we can get uh there is 40 to 1 here but it's only for five places so if you're looking for the um uh seven or eight places uh then um uh or 10 places even um you're looking at sort of uh 30 to 1 uh is uh, is the price so um 
Yeah. Uh, so that's where I am with um, Mito. Uh, and uh, my next pick, so I am um, uh, going out uh, slightly on um, uh, a tangent now, and I'm going to uh, pick a good old Englishman for you, Brian. I'm going with Tommy Fleetwood uh, for my next pick. Uh, and um, Tommy's been um, quietly sort of uh, getting things back on track. Obviously, he lost his PGA Tour card last season, uh, but he certainly has turned a bit of a corner this year. Uh, he's um, been eye-catching in the majors, 14th at Augusta, then uh, obviously coming through the field uh, at um, Southern Hills uh, to post uh, the fifth-place finish. So that uh, gives us the sort of recent um, uh, strong performance at the PGA that we'll be, be looking for. Uh, had a couple of 10th-place finishes as well of late um, at uh, Hilton Head and also on his last start over in Germany at the uh, Porsche European Open. Uh, his putting's been, um, uh, you know, cut, cut going really nicely of late. The putter's been working for him. But, uh, um, <coughs> excuse me, the long game um, has picked up as well. Uh, he gains strokes um, on um, in all areas of the long game on all four days at, at Southern Hills. Um, so um, everything seems to be clicking again for Tommy. And... Um, I guess a lot of people have their eye on him for St. Andrews, but um, he has got a great US Open record. Uh, he was um, uh, runner-up um, to Kepka in the Northeast at uh, Shinnecock Hills. Obviously, you mentioned it, Brian, as a, uh, you know, you think this might be the toughest US Open since we've seen since that edition. Uh, and we know Tommy can uh, handle a grind. So um, I thought the... Uh, uh, 50 to 1 um, was, um, in fact, uh, well, there's some, some 55 to 1 now, uh, with the price has been pushed out a little bit today, but I certainly thought, think the 50 to 1 uh, uh, was, was generous. So, um, yeah, uh, Tommy Fleet was the Englishman for me. Um, did, did you look, um, of, of the sort of, I know we've talked about Rory, but putting um, Rory to one side, uh, did you look closely at any of the other sort of... Um, uh, GB and I are contingent, as it were, this this week, uh, Brian at all? No, no one really. I think Tommy makes a lot of sense. You know, had the lowest uh, cumulative score over the weekend at Brookline when everyone was playing. You know, this there was no weather um, advantage, so I really like that aspect of Tommy. And then again, like you you brought up, you know, Shinnecock. You know, he makes a. Uh, a 10 footer on the 18th hole, you know, you know, maybe Brooks doesn't go back to back. So I, I think Tommy's, you know, playing some excellent golf um, right now. Again, say it again, love the each way on it. I think he finds himself at the top of the leaderboard. I think he can cash it, but yeah, other than Lowry, I, no other uh, Englishmen's were, were doing it for me uh, this week at the U S open. Yeah, I mean, Tyrrell Hatton seems to have, uh, he had a very poor week, didn't he, uh, uh, in, in Canada. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, um, the other, uh, uh, should we say, the um, more experienced Englishman, um, you, you know, you're, you're not sure they're in the field, actually, your Poulters and Westwoods and what have you. They, um, of course, uh, if indeed, are they in the field? Uh, I'll have to check that. Um, but uh, if they were in the field, they uh, certainly come with the um baggage of last week uh do you think uh, i mean one question obviously we know the um uh the, the northeast and sort of uh, boston crowd can be uh, shall we say um well lubricated and uh, slightly raucous do you do you think some of the live guys are going to get a tough time this week you know when the when when sort of um you know bryson gets announced on the tee or dj do you think they might um, be in for a bit of stick 
I do think so. I don't think it'll be that bad. I, I don't know if like, you know, the average Boston fan really cares that much. I think they'll probably be, you know, screaming at them just because it seems like what they should be doing. But I, I don't think people will really care um, that much. But yeah, East Coast crowds. I mean, it's going to be rowdy. It's going to be raucous. Um, everyone likes to get a few pints in them. Uh, who, who doesn't? So, I, I think it will be will be very interesting um, to see. And back on the Englishman thoughts. I mean, Jay Rose. He, he's got to be a popular. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got to be a popular selection yeah, yeah. this week. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. U.S. Open champion at mm. Marion. Uh, some smart people in the industry think that could play a little bit like that. You know, Marion's yeah. not a extremely long brute course, but obviously Justin Rose won at plus one, I believe. So I think Jay Rose on the back of a 60, you know, we're not that far removed from that opening round of seven under at the 2020, 2021 U, uh, Masters, where mm -hmm. it just looked like he was playing a different course oh, yeah, that yeah. day um so jay rose i think will be a very popular um selection this week off the heels of a nice 60. yeah um i've got a tune anyway it's not linked to tommy but it's a tune um uh for for the area and the course that i'm gonna throw in here and um i'm um gonna pick a tune by uh, a band called the dropkick murphys uh, and um, it's uh, you won't. You, I'm sure you might well know it. Brian actually featured in this, the the uh, film, the um, uh, the Departed, the sort of um, uh, Scorsese epic, uh, which uh, I think brought a lot to brought this song to a lot of the masses. But uh, uh, it's called "I'm Shipping Up to Boston" uh, by the Dropkick Murphys, who are a bit of a sort of Celtic punk band. And I think the uh, song was originally released in 2004. So um, you'll know. Do you know it at all? Um, if you don't know, I'm sure you might know it when you hear it. But uh, does it ring any bells with you? I know that song. That is the ultimate Boston uh, rock song. It, yeah. it is very iconic. So I think it's a, a perfect tune for the uh, for the event. Yeah, so um, so I'm throwing that one in there. Um, before we get on to my final pick, just a couple of other players I'm interested. Uh, you asked me my views on uh, Rory McIlroy as an Englishman. Um, I have to ask your views on um, Phil Mickelson as an American. Uh, what do you think we'll see from Phil this week? Uh, uh, do you think the um, 250 to 1 odds you can get on him in the UK here uh, represent his chances of finally grabbing the elusive uh, US Open title? Or, or, or would you want to twice that to consider backing him no i I don't, I don't think i'll be going there but something i find found really funny that I, I don't think gets talked about enough was at um the u.s open at winged foot um he was someone that a lot of people casual fans just you know threw 50 bucks on because you know it was fun he obviously blew it at winged foot um so it was just kind of like a random, you know, long shot winner. Okay, he'll finally get it done. And then he goes on and wins the PGA just a few majors later. Like, yeah. I always think what happened if it was like reverse and all these mm. people had this Phil Mickelson tickets uh, just for fun at the PGA. But no, I think he'll be, you know, the most amazing storyline this week. We don't have to wait that long for his interview, the ultimate yeah. entertainer. But I would say he's going to miss the cut. I don't really see a world in yeah. which you can, can make it through this week. 
Yeah, he, he didn't. I mean, obviously, you know, put all the live side to stuff to one side. He's not obviously played hardly any golf of late, so he's going to be rusty. And that that showed in, um, I think he was in the thirties out of the forty-eight uh, over in London uh, again, putting the the event and um, everything behind it to one side. I'm, I would be wary of backing any of those guys this week who obviously had the long trip over there and uh, uh, had to sort of deal with everything, um, you know, of course they put themselves in front of, but uh, had to deal with all the media stuff there. And uh, uh, I think, um, yeah, it's um, uh, a huge ask for, you know, I mean, let's talk about DJ. I mean, um, uh, was that a factor in your consideration of Dustin Johnson at all? Um, uh, you know, the, the whole sort of, you know, the trip over to the UK or, or just um, uh, he just wasn't, wasn't for you with where his game's at at the moment? I just don't see, regardless of the lift stuff, I don't see anyone that just hasn't been playing unbelievable golf yeah. as of late winning this week. You just don't find your game at a U.S. Open. Uh, one mm, yeah. one good um, guy I follow on Twitter, DG Betting, he, he's a friend of mine. Just, to, you know, another stat for the listener. Uh, previous major start of the last seven U.S. Open winners, T8, T4, T8, T13, T11, T4 win. Mm. Look, yeah. I, I, just, I don't know how you, you can't just find your game at the yeah. U.S. Open. I like someone that has shown that they can do it um, at a you know major championship very close before. So mm. I think that helps us with our yeah. picks of JT, Zalatoris, and Neiman. I just think they, they uh, and um, – and yeah, th those three had and, some well, big, and big, and big Shane and Scotty and, and, here as and well, Fleetwood. Yeah. I meant to say Fleetwood yeah, there. Top, yeah. So you know, I, I think that's a good trend to look at, and yeah. I, I think that's just an easy way to to discount some of the live guys. Yeah. No. Fair, fair, fair comment. Um, and um, I've got one final pick. Uh, which is my, I mean, those who follow me know that I like to throw in something a little bit left field, which uh, only needs to pay off every now and again with an each way, and uh, uh, it, it'll cover a lot of um, rolls of the dice of a similar fashion. Uh, I'm going to go back to the well with a guy that I um, actually sided with, or I mentioned already earlier in the pod, sided with last week uh, in Canada, uh, and that is Danny Lee. Now, of course, um, Danny Lee could, I mean, do absolutely anything this week, include, including shooting 285s and missing the cut in stone last because he is that sort of enigma of a player. Uh, and the last time he actually teed it up in a major uh, was in the US Open um, at um, Winged Foot, where he uh, he did make the cut. Uh, but then on Saturday, he six-putted from four foot on the 18th green, uh, and Judy withdrew drew with a wrist injury. So maybe he feels he's got a little bit of uh, something to set straight on um, the US Open front, and that sort of sums up Danny Lee a little bit. But um, th there's no doubt that Danny Lee is a hugely talented player. Obviously, he's a former US Open amateur champion. Um, he uh, won on the European Tour as an amateur, uh, and his professional career has, has been... You know, I'm sure he would say himself so far disappointing from what was expected. But he's also, as I say, a hugely talented player who, when he clicks, he seems to click for short little spells of sort of two or three weeks. And uh, um, if you look at his history, he's got some I mean, most recently, he had a couple of back to back top tens last fall. Um, and he came through the qualifying um, a week ago today. Uh, and then um, he pitched up to Canada, where, to be fair, he's played well well before obviously on the various different courses um and um i put him up for eight places 250 to one each way uh and he finished 10th uh and um uh but his ball striking was uh very very impressive 
for the week. Um, I think I'm just going to pull up the numbers. Um, but um, he was, um, I think he was seventh from um, uh, Tita Green for the week. So I'm just going to double check that. Uh, but um, a lot of Danny Lee's best form, and I understand we're sort of taking it to another level on a course like Brookline, but uh, a lot of Danny Lee's best form uh, has come across past 70 tracks uh one of the reasons why i like the look of him last week um and uh yeah so he was seventh in approach play last week um gaining shots every day uh 22nd from t to green um and uh, sorry 11th from t to green 22nd off the tee i'll get it right in a second uh but um he yeah he was certainly firing with a long game last week and he does seem to put his results together in small bunches uh and he is the type of player who i mean there have been not so much last year but in previous years gone by there have been this absolute skinners odds wise finding sort of the top 10 um in, in the us open i mean there's been some massive price players who have sort of come through qualifying and um uh, and then gone on to nick a place so i just thought on the back of whatever he's found in the last seven days literally um i was happy to to stick with him to, to sort of ride the you know ride it while it's hot as it were uh hoping he's got a little bit of um as i say wants to put the record straight he does he does have a top 20 at augusta so we know he can sort of put and fast greens despite that fiasco at um wing foot so um 500 to one for 12 places each way so um yeah he needs to sneak in i say only but if he can sneak in an 11th um uh it's 100 to one winner so i was happy to take my chances and and ride the danny lee train again this week and see if he can follow in the long line of um completely left field players who have um uh popped up um you know after qualifying for the us open or in the sort of top dozen or so places so um danny lee is my final pick um my final musical pick um to go along with danny lee for those of you uh, who are probably thinking this guy's lost his mind completely um is um i'm going with uh, a song by a boston band called the pixies do you know do you know the pixies brian or they yeah I, when i looked up boston bands they were the ones that that, uh, that came to mind that obviously have that song at the end of Fight Club. Absolutely. I was going to say, you, you know, if you've seen Fight Club, you'll know this song, Where Is My Mind? Uh, it was on their 1988 debut, Surfer Rosa. Um, apparently, Black Francis, the lead singer, wrote it while he was at the University of Massachusetts. Um, and um, as, as Brian says, it features uh, at the end of Fight Club, which is what gave it a whole new lease of life as it were so so where is my mind well it's uh on a small each way on danny lee at 500 to one and um maybe i've lost it completely but uh um yeah i'm happy to chance him as my final selection so um just before we wrap up run through any of um uh run through run through our picks again any other players anyone at big odds um who you're not necessarily gonna have a bet on but you might see as a good sort of draft kings play or or anyone down there in the sort of three figures you, well you use you sold me on danny lee i'll be using him in my draft kings um lineups this week right. um i think you always play what is uh what's the price on matt is bobby mack not playing Bobby McIntyre, I don't know if he is. No, um, he's not. No, he's what? not in. I don't he's in? No. So, wow. um, um, no. I, you know, always play him in the majors, but yeah, he, yeah. he's not um, in the field. But yeah, Danny yeah, he's a Lee. He's making machine in the majors. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I'm with you there. I think Kevin Na is a decent play at 7K flat. Uh, you know, I think some of the shorter guys that are more accurate 
um, can get it done. Wyndham Clark off that finish last week. He's an elite driver of the ball, so I yeah. like that. And Ryan Fox, he he made the cut at the PGA. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you're kind of looking at um, – Guys, further down the board, how when we're looking yeah. at winners, we're looking at, you know, form in um, the most recent major. I think a lower-end guy that was able to make the cut at the PGA is a, a pretty good punt and a pretty good DraftKings play. Yeah, I actually played Danny Lee in DraftKings last week as well. I put him up as one of my two DraftKings selections, um, uh, and um, he did me proud there. I actually uh, I cashed the princely sum of $12 in the $5 Drive the Green event, um, so I was uh, high up on the board. I had, um, I had Rory, I had Sam Burns, I had Danny Lee, um, uh, uh, but I was let down by uh, my other uh, low low price pick who was Callum Tarran who um, missed the cut so uh, he was the one who stopped me from really uh, doing anything uh, great in that but um, uh, yeah Wyndham Clark's interesting I've actually got um, I'm jumping ahead here but Wyndham Clark's a sort of guy I think who could play quite well at the British Open where he actually got in um, uh, as a result of his finish yesterday uh he um like you say he hits it a long way uh he's got a good touch around the greens a little bit wild off the tee which you can perhaps get away with a bit more at someone like st andrews so um and he's pretty decent in the wind as well so um so uh, that's jumping ahead a little bit but um um yeah i'm trying to think bo hostler uh he's yep. obviously uh found something of late so uh he was on my radar as a possible long price pick but um uh, i think he's perhaps just a little bit too wild off the tee maybe um uh, you mentioned ryan fox haven't you uh my, my man pat rogers uh he qualified in and he had a good week so uh in canada so uh he, he could um uh, uh he could um quite easily sort of uh, post a top 30 something like that so um but um yeah i think other than that that's pretty much a, a wrap for me um uh, so, uh, yeah, run us through the picks again, um, Brian. Unless there's anyone else you want to add into the mix, run, run us through yeah, the so picks again. Yeah, so those are my four. I got Zal, Taurus, Scotty, Neiman, and Lowry. Those are my picks. Um, only saying this since you brought it up. Open Championship at St. Andrews. Your winner is Cam Smith. There's absolutely no <laughs> doubt about it in my mind. Obviously, you could be wild off the tee. Obviously, you're going to have to make a bunch of birdies, slower greens. I think that helps him. Um, plays well and wins. So I'm put. I just pulled it up. Parlay Zalatoris with Cam Smith. That is five hundred two one. I am putting that in, giving you the next two major winners for free on uh, your pod. Zalatoris this week. Cam Smith at the Open Championship. Those are my my two punts. I think I might have to uh, have a couple of pennies on that myself because, um, yeah, uh, that um, I'm certainly with you on Willie Z and Cam Smith certainly makes a lot of sense uh, uh, over at the Open. So um, a cracking double to round things up. So I know you you call them a parlay. We call them a double uh, over here. So um, And, uh, yeah, my four, four picks for the week, uh, JT, um, uh, I'm going win only on. Uh, Zalatoris, obviously, um, same as uh, Brian. Uh, then um, Neiman, same as Brian, uh, and then um, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, and the absolute flyer on um, um, Danny Lee. Nearly forgot who it was a second. Um, of course, we give away the free bet each week, so uh, can't sign off without doing that. So um, the free bet, I'm just pulling up all the suggestions we've had. Uh, as always, some um, some crackers, as we say. 
Uh, and uh, I was um, trying to remind everyone that we were up early recording. So um, we've got Rory Gallagher's version of Messing with the Kid. Uh, Scott sent that in. Sorry, Scott, you were a fraction too late, but um, thank you for suggesting that, Scott. Um, we've got uh, what else have we got? that's come through uh girls just want to have fun someone suggested uh after uh lynn grant's win uh spitting venom from modest mouse after rory uh talking after his uh, win from uh, uh his 21st victory taking over uh, greg's number 20 um and that was from greg petru uh walk the line by johnny cash was suggested um hard fire hard to beat from adam hunter i think we actually had that on the pod about three four weeks ago someone else um put that in one of our guests um uh hard to beat uh, for uh, the fact that their pick was uh hard to beat uh, uh what else we got live the game the uh the world cup anthem from england's cricket team from oliver inwards thank you oliver uh but i'm gonna go with um halfway house jason daniels our friend from the lost for words pod uh always worth a listen if you don't uh, uh already tune into that one with um tom and jason uh jason has suggested heathens by 21 pilots uh 21 obviously in honor of um rory's um 21st pga tour win uh and heathens uh obviously we know who that is referring to who the heathens uh, were last week so um so well done uh, jason you're going to be uh, getting a free bet this week and thank you everyone for putting your suggestions forward um uh, quickly remind everyone of your musical picks um brian then we'll wrap up yeah, so I got um, all great tunes. I, I'm excited to, to listen to this. Someday by The Strokes, there's Alatoris, When You Were Young by The Killers, uh, Done by Nirvana, and 505 uh, by The Arctic Monkeys. Perfect, and it's Drive Blind by Ride for Me. Um, I'm shipping up to Boston uh, by the Dropkick Murphys and Where Is My Mind by the Pixies, um, all of which will be on the Spotify playlist going out later. Um Next week, delighted to say Dave um, Tinder will be back with us for the Travelers Championship. So really looking forward to having Dave on. Um, he'll give us his thoughts on what's happened at the US Open and um, uh, his thoughts on the upcoming Travelers Championship. Um, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. It's been fantastic to have you on again. Um, I know you've got to crack on and get on with your day now, so I'll let you go. We just remind everyone where they can uh, hear your stuff. Yeah, check out my Twitter page, Brian Kirscher underscore, and I, I do a pod uh, called the Tap and Birdie Podcast, similar to yours. Every single week, have a nice guest on. We talk through the betting board. It's fun. It's fun to bet on golf. Nothing serious. We're not professional gamblers um, or anything, but this is the best sport to bet on as as evident by the fact that you've been doing it since I was born. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm excited for this week, and uh, I'm excited to hopefully have a joint winner with you. Brilliant. Thanks, Brian. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um as always, and uh, hopefully have you on again in the future. Good luck this week. Uh, good luck, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Um, win some money. And uh, don't forget to turn up music up loud, and we'll see you all again next week. Uh, and enjoy Brookline. Bye-bye.